Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in our truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Out of the Day with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Hello and welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of gospel, insight, liberation, empowerment, and knowledge. That's all we have today. We always try to do that. You know, we 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 our goal is always to be empowering uh, and and liberating. We want to promote a, God, a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And as always, empower you, our listeners, to know and being impacting the world around you. That's what we're here for. That's what we try to do. And you're always welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. There are several ways you can do that. Uh, the primary way you can do that is by calling in uh, on the line 347-237-5230. That is the number to call to get your thoughts, insights, and commentary on the air live. Also, the chat room is open. You can go to blogtalkradio.com slash zero day, and you can see the blog. Uh, click on the link for the chat room, and the chat room is open and up, and we're looking forward to having a lot of great people in here in the chat room, so you're welcome for that. Also, uh, on our Facebook page, our Facebook page is uh, Zero Network on Facebook, so you can go there and you can leave your comments there. Also, follow us on Twitter. At Zero Radio is the show Twitter uh, Twitter handle. And my personal Twitter handle is at Prophesy. I'm also now on Periscope, and we're broadcasting live on Periscope. And I'm on Periscope at Prophesy 4. So uh, you can tune into the live Periscope chat and chat there, uh, the chat room. Uh, you can send me an email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. That is the my uh, official email, and uh, visit my webpage, LorenzoTNeal.com. So that's all the formalities. We've got a great show lined up for you for this hour. We don't have a lot of time, so I'm not going to waste a lot of time. But we're going to be talking about uh, two primary issues, uh, really dealing with transparency and um, 
uh, leadership and Christian leadership, you know, especially with this Ashley Madison thing um, and uh, Josh Duggar and R.C. Sproul Jr. or R.C. Sproul II also involved in that. And uh, the news that Gina Pearson, the wife of Carlson Pearson, has filed for divorce. We're going to talk about all of that and much, much more. But before we go into that, let's go to prayer. Father, we thank you. We praise you for the day. This is the day that you've made. We thank you for allowing us to be able to do the broadcast. Forgive us our sins. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, let's get into some of the headlines today. I am excited. Uh, I've been back. I've been off the air uh, as I've been preparing for annual conference. Uh, you know, in the Methodist Church, we have annual conference, and that is determined where we will serve for the next year in ministry. And I am glad that uh, the Lord and my bishop, Bishop Julius McAllister Sr. of the 8th Episcopal District of the African Methodist Episcopal Church, has seen fit for me to return to uh, leading and serving at New Bethel Amy Church in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm excited about that. and I, I know my members are excited, but I'm really excited. It's the longest tenure I've had at a church uh, at one time, and I'm just excited about it. I'm glad. And when I'm talking about the Amy Church today, uh, just a few hours ago, our leadership, including our senior bishop, uh, Bishop John R. Bryant, uh, father of Jamal Bryant, you, you're familiar with him, uh, our the president of the bishop's council, my bishop, or presiding bishop of the 8th Episcopal District, Julius McAllister, and the chairperson of our Social Action Commission, uh, Bishop Reginald T. Jackson. They led uh, uh ecumenical body in worship and praise last night at the at the African Methodist Zion, African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church in Washington, D.C., and today they held a press conference uh, on justice for all. And we're hoping that the Lord would allow uh, us to be able to be the catalyst and the means of change and ending racism. And matter of fact, those of you who can, on this coming Sunday, September the 6th, uh, the members and clergy of the African Methodist Episcopal Church and also our sister Zions, the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church, the uh, African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church, and the United Methodist Church will be observing um, – a call to repentance and the end of racism on this Sunday. And uh, we invite you to observe that Sunday, uh, that this Sunday also, we believe, uh, again, we can be agents of change. And uh, there's a lot of racial tension, particularly um, that is affected the body of Christ, definitely affected our, our Zion after the shooting in Emmanuel Amy Church in Charleston, South Carolina. And I, I know a lot of people are saying that's old news, let's move on. But we're seeing more and more injustice, more and more shootings, not just of unarmed people. It is an unarmed man who was shot cold blood by a cop uh, just a few days ago. And, and then there's been the shooting of uh, police officers across the nation, uh, one here in uh, one in Texas, one in Louisiana, uh, I believe one in Virginia. There have been a lot of them, and um, it's, it's just sad that that's going on. But um, uh, we're hoping to be able to be agents of change when it comes to that um, um, because it is very much needed, and we – want to see our nation be the nation that it stands up to in our our motto, a pluribus union, in many one. 
So uh, if you missed that, uh, if you missed that press conference, you can probably catch it on C-SPAN later on today. Uh, and um, we again we invite your attention to uh, share in that uh, that theme for this coming first Sunday in September: um, repenting and reconciling to end uh, racism. So that's a good thing, and we want justice for all, not just justice for uh, you know those we we believe the need to be justice, the need to have justice, but we want justice for all. So I uh, just thought I'd share that with you, and uh, I hope that you would take that into consideration as you go into this week. Also, um, I got some other news that's kind of interesting. I don't know if you've been following. Uh, uh, the United States is preparing for the arrival of Pope Francis. As he makes his official visit to the United States later this month, and there are so many conspiracy theories that are going on, I I don't even want to get into that. The conspiracy theories uh, regarding uh, the uh, for the blood moon, the fourth blood moon tetrad, the papal visit, and the ending of this particular uh, a particular Jewish feast day, and how that all culminates to some kind of end of the world. Uh, Devastating rapture, rapture-like event. I don't know about all of that. Uh, <laughs> what I do know is that um, the Pope will make a historic visit, and uh, he's already being historic. If you've been following the news uh, just uh, earlier this week or uh, last week or sometime, uh, he released a, a papal bull uh, saying that women who have had abortions can now be forgiven. Women who have had abortions can can now be forgiven. Now, uh, those of us who are part of you know traditional Christianity, if you're not Roman Catholic, you know you you have to go to confession to have your sins absolved. Uh, you go to a priest and you sit in the booth and you say, "Father, I have sinned," and he gives you a few hail marys and tells you. Uh, go on about your way. Of course, those of us who are uh, more of the evangelical leaning or any other <laughs> Protestant, we believe uh, that we simply confess our sins to Christ, and He forgives us. You know, you know, according to First John one nine, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That we do not need a, uh, we do not need. Uh, a papal intervention. We don't need uh, a uh, priestly intervention to do so. We have an advocate, uh, Christ, our great high priest, our advocate, uh, who goes on the, to the Father on our behalf. So we don't have to worry about all of that. But you know, those who are practicing Roman Catholic Catholicism, uh, they believe that. Now, this goes against a lot of. I mean, well, I won't say go against it, but it relieves the burden to a lot of women. Because um, a lot of women who had abortions were literally expelled from the Catholic Church. They were not able to receive communion. Uh, even those who uh, subscribe uh, to uh, pro-life views uh, were excommunicated. I, I remember in the 2004 um, presidential campaign when John Kerry was uh, received the nomination for the Democratic party and he was running against George Bush and of course George Bush was the Christian conservative and promoted what he called uh, compassionate conservatism 
Uh, he overwhelmingly won majority of the uh, evangelical Christian vote because he he confessed uh, uh, being born again. And then you had John Kerry, who was a practicing Roman Catholic, who promoted views that were completely contrary to the Catholic Church. Uh, one thing he believed was in uh, abortion. He supported pro-life, and matter of fact, he got a lot of support from groups like Planned Parenthood and you know all the other many many other pro-life organizations, uh, pro-choice organi- organizations. And I, I think I've been saying pro-life when I meant pro-choice, but anyway. So he was, uh, you know, he was threatened as communication by then Pope Den- Benedict. He was threatened, uh, uh, not Pope Benedict, Pope uh, John Paul uh, II. I think he was still Pope during that time. Um, but anyway, he was threatened with excommunication because he openly advocated uh, for abortion and he supported what was what has been deemed women's health issues. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I, it's a major move for the Catholic Roman Catholic Church. It's a very major move, and it may bring some people who left the church back into the church. They can get back in full communion with the Roman Catholic Church. I don't know if they want to, but they'd be able to. That's a whole different thing. Now, you know, don't come into me trying. <laughs> I'm going to send you to the Father. I'm going to say, look, confess to the Father. Don't confess to me. If you want to confess to me, that's fine. James chapter 5 encourages us to do that, you know, confess your sins one to another or your faults to one one to another, depending on the interpretation that you have or the version that you have it reads. But anyway, I digress. Um, so that's going to be an interesting thing. It's, it's going to really be interesting how that turns out, you know, how, how receptive will... Uh, the local diocese in the Catholic Church in America, uh, how receptive would they be? Because they've been staunch opponents uh, of the abortion movement in the United States. And um, I don't know if some of those bishops and archbishops, uh, cardinals, would be willing. Uh, they may follow papal law, but I don't know how they will, if they'll do it willingly. But that's a whole different thing. In other news, um, this has really been getting a lot of attention. A Kentucky clerk of court uh has stat has uh, is is sticking by her religious belief and not issuing marriage licenses to anyone uh, not to gay or not to same sex not to same sex or to uh uh heterosexual couples she's not issuing them at all in Kentucky in it and she's standing by She's saying she's not going by the authority of the Supreme Court. She's going by the authority of God. And, of course, she's receiving a lot of criticism for this. And a lot of the backlash is coming because of her own um, divorce record. Uh, she's been married uh, four times, <laughs> divorced three times. And and uh, some people are calling her a hypocrite. And uh, some people are saying that she has no right to do that, that that is her job. If she does not want to do it, she should quit. And it puts the the Kentucky state legislature in a bind because uh, hers is an elected official uh, position. So she can't – and the only way can, she can be removed is to be impeached. That's a long process. It's an expensive process. And so, you know, they they have to wait for the voters or, you know, create new legislation again, which is unnecessary. Uh, there are some who are calling for legislation as such to um, – 
to make county clerks only record keepers and not responsible for a marriage licenses, not have their names on it, you know. But that's the way it is in most states. And for her to, I mean, I admire her religious conviction, but at the same time, you know, if you're a public servant, you are called to serve the public. You're not called to serve based on your religious beliefs. You were not elected. At least I hope you were not elected. She was not elected because of her religious belief. I doubt it. I don't think she ran a local campaign saying that she's a staunch Christian. I, I doubt that, but uh, who knows? She may have. But anyway, you know, it, I don't think she should have. She should be uh, adamant, especially you know, it's the law. I'm not. I'm not saying that uh, you just should fall in step or anything like that. No, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that uh, she does need to adhere. her to her position I hit mute on my microphone uh she need to hit she had the needs to stand in line basically but that is what it is you know some folk are just gonna do what they're gonna do and they're gonna stick to it and you can't um you can't make folk do something they don't want to do or if you can i I'd, I'd love to be but anyway so it's it's uh, I, I was wondering, you know, she's receiving a lot of support from conservatives, uh, these you know these staunch Christians who uh, uh, believe the world is about to go to hell in a handbasket because of one uh, Supreme Court decision. I, I I don't I don't think so. I I again I admire her conviction. I I strongly admire the conviction, but you know the reality is it is what it is. You fall in line, you're in an elected position. Now, I'm a pastor. I can talk about it all I want to. Uh, I can do that because, you know, I'm. it's my responsibility to speak towards my religious convictions, not yours. Now, once I get elected, if, if I ever get elected as a public servant, unfortunately, my religious convictions, though they may uh, uh, be a part of how I participate in my office, they will not govern Primarily the way I participate in my office if I am called to serve the public, you know, the public must be the priority. And uh, but I will use my conviction, you know, my religious conviction as a means of guidance. And uh. Uh. I can't hear myself. I hope I haven't gotten disconnected. All right. Let me go ahead and take this break. I'll take this break and be back right after this. Slow that you wish was fast. Turtle. Really, a turtle. Yeah. And what about you? I'd rather be a slow turtle. Well, mm. I know why. 
because when you're slower, you won't have to get in the street as fast and get ran over. But if you're a slow turtle and you're in the middle of the street, what happens? Austin? Exactly. It's not complicated. Faster is better. And AT&T is the nation's fastest 4G LTE network. In football, is it better to be more reliable or less reliable? If they can count on you, you can play. But if you can't, you want a bench. Bench warm is what my dad says. Oh, does your dad play football? No, but he watches it on the couch. Oh, so he's a couch warmer. I thought it was funny. It's not complicated. More reliable is better. And AT&T is the nation's fastest and now most reliable 4G LTE network. Quicksilver cashback card from Capital One. It's not the juggle a bunch of rotating categories card. It's not the sign up for rewards each quarter card. It's the no games, no messing around, no earning limit having. Do I look like I'm joking? Turbo boosting heavyweight champion of the world! Cashback card. This is the Quicksilver cashback card from Capital One. Unlimited 1.5% cashback on every purchase everywhere, every damn day. Now tell me, what's in your wallet? With the Name Your Price tool, you tell us what you want to pay, and we give you a range of coverages to choose from. Who is she? That's Flowbot. She's this new robot we're trying out, mostly for, like, small stuff. Wow. Look at her go. She's pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, Flowbot. Great job. Oops. Uh-oh, Flowbot is broken. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. Call or click today. Headphones, I can't hear, uh, so you've got to excuse me. I'm working with it. I, 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 I hope this thing is working pretty good. So I've been trying to get it uh, working during the during the um, the break, and I, 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 I just can't hear myself. I, I you know, the little. Okay, there. I got it. I can I can hear it now. I yeah, I can hear it now. All right, so before the break, uh before the break, we we were talking about um the new show by Yana Van Zandt. Not the new show, but uh the show that she's going to be talking to two clergy, two pastors who are coming out as download pastors and and so so I I'm talking uh, I really wanted to talk about, you know, how can we be more transparent as Christian leaders? You know, how can we, how can we uh, share our struggles? You know, you know our secret sins. Paul, I mean not Paul, but um, David writes in the Psalms, you know, about clean, being cleansed from secret sins and the sins of his youth and all of that. And um, in Psalm one thirty nine, some people's favorite Psalms 
says how he created us in secret and how he knows so much about us and how how great that knowledge is, you know, is too much for us. If we go into heaven, he's there. If we go to hell, he's there, you know. And yet in all of this, we are still fearfully and wonderfully made. And, you know, we put that against Christ who we we, we read in scriptures that says that he was sinless. He He who knew no sin became sin for us. Uh, and then, of course, in Hebrews, uh, he took away, he, he he became like his brothers. He didn't think it robbery to become like his brothers, but was tempted in every manner like we are, yet without sin. Uh, you know, church folk have gotten it bad about sinning and, and, and casting stones. And the new thing is, don't judge me, only God can judge me kind of thing. And I understand all of that. For layperson, but when it comes to you know preachers, there's a there's a higher bar, and 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 there should be if we're going to be proclaiming something, it it should be there. You know, I'm not advocating for just uh, any kind of carnality to be you know regularized, you know regu you know the standard. I'm no no, you know we we still should seek sanctification and we should still seek to be holy uh, as he is holy. We should still seek that, but we should also recognize the flaws. Now, in, this is coming to light. It's Ashley Madison. It was reported that at least 400 pastors, 400 pastors. I don't think I was part of that list. <laughs> I have been on adult websites, and I can tell you, I, I ain't going to lie to you. I, I know what it's like when I'm single. You know, I, I've, I've got those moments where I just need companionship. Uh, can't say that I found it on those websites, but, you know, you get on there because you're seeking for something. And you really you you don't find what you're seeking for nine times a ten oh eight eight times a ten you don't find what you're seeking for, but it's just it's the thrill of the you know like the thrill of the hunch of the hump the hunt <laughs> the hump <laughs> oh my god, was that a Freudian slip was that int- the thrill of the hump <laughs> oh goodness, my mouth is gonna get me in trouble today. It's the thrill of the hunt that most people, you know, especially when, you know, you're married. I I think for men, it's the idea of just being able to see if you can still catch a lady. You know, if you can still get a lady's a woman's attention. For women, uh, adultery is not the, not pretty much not the same. Women are more, more sensitive to needs. And so... They're more than likely to have a romantic affair if someone is fulfilling, you know, that 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 need. Men, you know, we'll do it just because we, you know, we think with the bottom head instead of the top head. So Josh Duggar, uh, R.C. Sproul II, who is the son of uh, Reformed, uh, noted author and Christian leader and a pastor, R.C. Sproul, uh, uh, they have both admitted to being on the site. Uh, Josh Duggar, you know, of course, he's been, it's been a crazy year for him, you know. First, early in the year, it comes out that he's been, you know, he allegedly um, molested his sister and a family friend and that they had to go through therapy and counseling and all of that stuff. And then now it comes out, not only was he uh, in that situation, but he was unfaithful to his wife. And not only was he unfaithful, 
but you know, he sought out a, a porn star, I believe it was. He sought out a porn star and had relations with them, paid paid for her to have sexual relations with him. And, you know, she she came out after he his name was found among the names on the Ashley Madison website. The Mass Madison Ashley website, whatever it is. Uh, and R.C. Sproul II admits that he joined the site during a moment of weakness, um, according to the Christian Post report. Uh, now, l- let me be clear. It's a difficult job being in leadership, and it's even more difficult being in Christian leadership. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a transparent moment, and I, I, I don't mind sharing. I know what it's like to fall in to... Um, Inappropriate relationships as a pastor. I, when I was married, I had an inappropriate relationship uh, with a with the granddaughter of one of my church members. And um, I had very loving church members. And I know I'm exposing myself, uh, and I don't, I don't mind it because, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but uh, the members came to me. They understood what I was experiencing because I was going through a separation with my ex-wife at the time. We were both in ministry. She was uh, in pastoral ministry. Uh, she was, a, uh, you know, she had been an itinerant deacon in our church. So she was pastoring a church, and I was pastoring another church about two hours away. Um, so the strain was there on our marriage. And so the members recognized that when she would come to the church, they could tell that, you know, they were sensitive. They they could understand that we were uh, experiencing marital uh, issues. And when they discovered, uh, when well, when the grandmother discovered the inappropriate relationship that I had, and, and when I say grandmother, you know, she was an older lady, and she still is old. You know, she's not dead; she's still alive. Uh, uh, it wasn't uh, on a statutory level. Let me put it that way. But uh, she, when you know, when they discovered the relationship, it wasn't anything, you know sexual or anything like that. It was just just inappropriate for an adult. Um, and they put me to the side and told me, you know, they were concerned and that eventually someone's going to get hurt and that someone wasn't going to be the other party. <laughs> and that, you know, I, I was still young. I was, I was, I think I was in my 20s. I was in my 20s you know, early, very early 20s, and um, maybe about 24, 23, 24, somewhere in there. Anyway, uh, long story short is that they put me to the side after recognizing and seeing that, and they helped minister to me so that I could more effectively minister to them. And, you know, not all, not all members are sensitive like that. Not all, not all members are capable of doing that. Matter of fact, not all clergy are capable of doing that. And that's why I have a soft spot. Oh, my phone is falling over. All right. I'm still on, I'm, I'm broadcasting live on Periscope, so you can, again, uh, if you want to see, see the broadcast, you can see it. Uh, follow me on Periscope at Prophesy4, and you can see the broadcast and you know, see what I look like, <laughs> if you haven't seen. No. But anyway, so... Um, the reality is that most ministers struggle, particularly in the sexual arena, for 
for one reason or not another. I don't know why that is, but a lot of preachers struggle sexually. That's both male and female now. I, I, I'm starting to see a trend along with female ministers. That's uh, you know we were we knew about it with men minister with male ministers, but now we're seeing female clergy follow along the same pattern, and it's a very dangerous thing. And most church bodies do not have components to deal with this and most local churches don't have the means of addressing this without forcing the pastor out and always you know or forcing them to sit down it's not always that that action is not always a good action and um we have to be able to to find a uh a, a means of grace to embrace it now now with these two brothers coming out on a Yana show, I I would, I'm I'm pretty much confident that their members know, you know, especially the women. The women pick up on the stuff. the The women in the church pick up on more than they they let on, and and they could tell, you know, when for example, when I was dating a young lady, and uh, they could tell when I stopped dating a young lady, uh, not just because she didn't come around, but just you know just by observing. So when I let some know, they were like, we already knew. <laughs> so the women in the church can pick up on stuff like that. So uh, the question is, how will the men react to it? You know, will they leave the church? Will they, uh, will they, and Ayana, uh, well, the old, uh, uh, the old black church uh, lady in her blog asked the question, and can, um, can we uh, be ministered to by, people in these conditions and my question my answer of course yes you can be ministered to uh you know i've been ministered to by a drunk i've been ministered to by a person i knew was in in sinful life you know but that hasn't hindered god's getting a message to me uh that hasn't discounted what he how he used them and 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 in even me in, in my state of affairs you know I'm sure I've I've been a lot I've been graced to minister a lot of persons, and um, in my sinfulness, in my sinful ways, I guess you can say I don't know how to put it. But uh, um, you know, it's 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 more than just fornicating, adulterating, and um, you know, drinking and all this stuff. It's really about how do we convey the love and grace of Christ. In the midst of our own, you know, our own sinfulness, we were all created in sin. Uh, we all sin, according to Scripture. You know, we all sin and fall short. The question is, um, should we, as leaders, as pastors, as missionaries, evangelists, pastors, uh, you know, all of that stuff, whatever else you want to call yourself, uh, can we be transparent in struggle? I I don't mind sharing when I'm struggling. Now I don't have to go into detail, but I don't mind sharing with my congregation. Uh, and I have a a great congregation that I know does not sit in judgment. They may they may get they may well they do question you know sometimes when I share something my personal struggles they do question like if you have well what's up with me you know how how can i can how can i expect to be better if you're struggling with something similar and i matter of fact i had someone ask me that question one time and you know you're a pastor how can how can you minister to me 
when you know you're struggling with the same thing. I say that's the that's the power of grace. You know, that's the power of grace. My it does not require for me to be perfect to minister. Uh, now, again, you don't want you got to find a balance. You got to find a way to be able to balance your struggle with your ministry and covering up. We already know. We take example from Ted Haggard, who you if you recall the story. Ted Haggard served as pastor of New Life Church in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado, I believe that was, and uh, had a large membership, about 14,000, 15,000 people, was also the president of the National Evangelical Association at that time, and he was an advisor to President George W. Bush. And he was caught in an affair with a male prostitute. And of course, the male prostitute, you know, he went public and he did all his thing and he got his little 15 minutes of fame. But it led to the complete fall from grace for Ted Haggard. Now, Ted Haggard has since been restored. He has since uh, returned to ministry and he has a, a different type of ministry. He doesn't have a mega church. He has, you know, he has folk who come to him and who support him and his wife and his ministry. And his wife just recently wrote an article about about this, her experience and how she learned and she stuck by her man. You know, she didn't leave him. Think about Jimmy Baker. Jim Baker when uh they had his fall from grace and you know, he was caught with the stripper or whatever she was, the the prostitute. Well Tammy Faye left him, you know, he lost PTL, he lost all that stuff. Of course it was uh, more fraud involved in that. But um that was, you know, we 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 have to learn how to how to deal with that. Now I'm gonna put this out there. I've been in the black church for all my life, and one thing I can say about the black church, they will, <laughs> the black church members will love their pastor to death as long as he ain't stealing money. <laughs> the minute. He is called stealing money. They gonna kick him out. They gonna they gonna make sure he get out. <laughs> I'm serious. I uh, we had a there was an incident in my hometown where a pastor had numerous uh, mistresses, numerous mistresses. Uh, his entire tenure at the church, mistresses, and some as young as you know teens, uh, allegedly. And uh, they didn't get fed up. The congregation did not get fed up with this man until he slept with the wrong girl who happened to be uh, one of the leader's uh, daughter or granddaughter. I don't know. But he slept with one of the wrong leader's family member, and he was taken from the pot. You know, he was he was taking a little bit of money off the top. And they... You know, they had overlooked his numerous affairs. They had overlooked the, the joker could preach. And, you know, as long as he was preaching, he was good. But the moment they got into the finances, uh, that is uh, the finances and the wrong female is when they decided to put him out. And they put him out. And when I say they put him out, I mean, true, it made news and all this stuff. It was just it's a very, very sad thing. And there was also another minister in my hometown who uh, was – or I don't know if he still is, but was allegedly down low, was a drag queen, and would visit these clubs. And one night he and his uh, 
boyfriend got into a fight, and they were both arrested, and that made headlines. The membership stayed, they stuck by this Negro, and it was part of the membership who said, look, we don't want him as pastor because he'd embarrassed us. And then there was another part who said, we still love you, pastor. We stick it by you. And the church split. The, the church split. He ended up joining, I mean, starting another ministry. And <laughs> it's just amazing to me how the people followed him in the midst of the, you know, what he did. And so there is there is always redemption. That's what I, basically what I'm saying. There's always redemption. How the redemption comes along is that has to be seen, you know. Some it takes a fall from grace. Some it just takes loving people who are willing to, you know, look beyond the faults. As, as Scripture says, brothers, it's overtaken in the fault. You who are more spiritual, you know, you who are spiritual, go and restore such a one. You know, there are those who will do such a thing, you know. They don't need all the pomp and circumstance and, you know, stuff like that. In our in our in our Zion we have the Ministerial Efficiency Commission committee and which I serve on. And it's our responsibility to uh when ministers are referred to us, it's our responsibility to to help them, you know, to investigate the matter, not so much to adjudicate the matter, so because we have a judicial council for that, but to uh investigate the matter, to come to to see how we can assist that minister in better serving his congregation in the midst of uh, allegations. And, and if there are severe allegations, then we have no choice but to refer them to a judicial council in our church. Um, and, then, and then, you know, there's a process for that. But our our responsibility is to to um, help restore, re- help restore the ministry. Now, where does Carson Pearson fit into all this? And this is this is the interesting thing, you know. Carlton Pearson's wife Gina filed for divorce earlier this week. Now they've been married over twenty years. I remember I remember watching that marriage, that, that wedding ceremony. He was forty some years old, was a virgin, had never been married, uh was was allegedly a virgin, I don't know. You know, he was waiting for his good thing and he found he had to find the right one, the Creole girl from Louisiana, Lake uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana, beautiful woman. I've always had a crush on Gina. She's beautiful, 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 beautiful. And you know they, you know, she snatched him up, and everyone had always been questioning his sexuality. They've always questioned his sexuality, and he, they have children together, and uh, I, I, you know, I've seen. You know, I followed his ministry all these years, even since he's been. Uh, now he's a universalist and he's an inclusionist. I still follow. You know, I, I listen to his broad, his, his uh, YouTube broadcast every now and then because he still is a very, very. I love the style he teaches. I love the way he teaches, and he still says some very good things. But uh, now that his wife Gina has filed for divorce. After all of these years, um, I saw the divorce papers, and it's not just irreconcilable differences. <laughs> uh, she she all but alleges that he is, you know, he is what he is. He's Carlton, and that he's gone too far. <laughs> so far now that she can no longer live with him. Now, whether they actually get divorced or not, you know, she's filed, you know, and just like Benny Hinn did, you know, his wife filed their divorce and then they remarried. I don't know. That could be the case with him. But what, what the rumor mill is, the, and 
Yeah, I know I'm gossiping right now. But, you know, that again, as I stated earlier, the people have always been questioning his, his uh, sexuality, and he's always been an advocate for same-sex unions. You know, he's been an advocate for that. Matter of factly, uh, if you remember in 2000, was it 2010 or 2011 with the Eddie Long thing? Well, with the Eddie Long incident, when it came out, uh, CNN interviewed him insight because, again, uh, he now being the inclusionist and preaching the gospel and inclusion had a greater insight because it was also, you know, handed along affirming, you know, these kind of things. And so he provided insight and, you know, he, he didn't call Eddie Long homosexual. Neither did he allude to it, but just his, just, you know, just by them inviting him, um, and Don Lemon coming out in the same in within the same time frame, it, it implicated quite a bit to some church folk. You know, implicated quite a bit, and because he's become more inclusive and more universalist in his um, in his doctrine, uh, people make it is making him you know they're saying that it's basically he's now coming out of the closet also. Now whether that's true or not it has yet to be determined. I don't you know it is what it is. Now will this allow him to be, you know, well what was it what will this do for his ministry? You know, he he's already um being more received by uh the secular world because he's uh inclusionist, because he's more universalist, you know, he doesn't there's certain Christian tenets that he's drawn away from. Uh, but what does it say about the church when we try to receive stuff like, you know, these people? Um, what, what, and, and again, you know, I'm asking the question about transparency and uh, how can church leaders be more transparent? Um, so the, the thing about it is when we, when we talk about transparency, and particularly when we're talking about ministry, we have to ask the question, are we willing to be receptive? Uh, and I'm speaking from the black church perspective, you know, for example, now that uh, same-sex unions, marriages are legal in the United States, we have to wrestle with same-sex clergy, you know, uh, same-sex attracted clergy. Pastoring churches. I know there's going to be an issue for the African Methodist Episcopal Church. We may not deal with it, but we can't sweep it under the rug. We just had an incident earlier this month where a pastor who is African Methodist Episcopal, he's AME, but he is pastoring a United Methodist Church, and uh, he was outed as a homosexual. And, you know, even though He's pastoring United Methodist Church. He's a full itinerant elder. We're a full communion. All Methodist communions are. You know, we're a full communion. And we can go from I can go from the AME to the UMC to the AME Zion to the CME. We're a full communion. You know, all our, our ordained clergy are recognized in the same way. Uh, so we must now deal with the fact that we do have same gender loving preachers in our Zion preaching to our congregation, pastoring our congregations who have to cover up 
in so many words, their uh, their their affections, who have to hide being who they are because of who they are, who are more afraid of coming out to their church and their family and calling themselves a pastor. We got to address, you know, we really have to address the issue because that's what's happening. The, re- the reality is, is that there are, they're going to be coming out. Um, and how will we deal with it? And the other thing is, for those like myself who are single or struggling or married and struggling with the the implications of uh, of this this thing, you know, the the struggles of ministry. And there are a lot of resources I could give to you, uh, a whole lot of resources I could give to you that may that will say a number of things on how to deal with it. But you know, sometimes people don't want to hear that; they just want to to be embraced. And I don't know what the purpose of these two brothers going on, Ayana, what that purpose is and what their intent is. I don't know. Uh, with the Josh Duggar, you know, his family is trying to sweep it under the rug, trying to make it. Uh, one of his brothers expressed his anger at it, and his at his older brother, and his parents, you know, Duggars, they're not, they're the Duggar family. The parents, you know, they're not speaking out. They're they're simply asking for people to pray. And and now this with Carlton Pearson, you know, of course the uh most of his friends already forsook him, you know, when he said he didn't believe in hell. But this this trend that is happening, I, I can't say it's a trend. But what I can say is that it's an opportunity for those of us who are the called of the church, the bride of Christ, people of the way, believers in the way of Christ. It's an opportunity for us to really showcase uh, what Christ said, which is the summary of the Decalogue. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and then love your neighbors yourself. Christ said they will know you are my disciples by your love. How will we share that love if a person, if I as a pastor stand before my congregation and I say, well, this week I struggled with pornography. And I watched pornography a lot this week. And I need you to pray for me. Of course they're going to say, we're praying for you, Pastor. But, you know, will they actually reach out and, and pray? And will that open up for them to also share uh, it, it, there's a lot in that. There's a lot to unwrap in that. But it does, I believe, it affords us an opportunity like we've never had before. It affords us an opportunity to be authentic Christians, to be authentic people. And I'm not advocating anything at the mo- at the moment. You know, I'm not, I'm not. Pro this or pro that. I'm just simply stating the reality that's about to be a part of our Christians, you know, our Western Christianity. We know that, you know, there are some more, there's more liberal churches that are already embracing this and they're already allowing people to this, but 
but those of us who are part of you know the evangelical church that's still wrestling and struggling with the realities of our contemporary culture and how to how to not synchronize them into our faith but how to understand them and find ways to minister in such culture it's it's a difficult you know it's a very very difficult thing how we go about doing it is is going to take you know faith prayer fasting and mostly love you know definitely a lot of love as a therapist uh, one of the things i i use in my therapy is what's called uh, acceptance and commitment uh therapy is basically acknowledging the state that you're in allowing yourself to experience what you experience not trying to take away from it not trying to uh mediate it in any manner just allow it to be experienced and then commit to doing better and being better and i think we can apply that as a church i think that we are now at the place where we can accept what is happening with love and with grace without you know sending everybody to hell cuz you know if we do that i'd be in hell myself but we can accept it and love, not necessarily tolerate it, because <laughs> tolerance is a different thing. You know, we tolerate what we want to tolerate, and uh, we have tolerance in today's culture is virtually non-existent. Um, uh, but to accept, as as what we say in the in Serenity Prayer, the things that we cannot change. I don't know if we cannot not change <laughs> what is happening in the Christian uh, sphere of, of life right now. I, I, I don't know. I can't say if it's the will of God or not, uh, but I am willing to be a participant as an agent of change in some capacity by way of loving without condemning because there is no condemnation. According to Scripture, we like to say that there is no condemnation. Now, also without uh, without engage in carnality. You know, we don't just want people to come in and stay carnal. We want them to be transformed, to become new creatures. Let the old things pass away and let all things become new. And if we adhere to that, eventually the conviction of the Holy Spirit will do the work. We have to love and allow the Spirit of God to do the work. There's some who are going to bash Carlton Pearson for his divorce and some who are going to just uh, celebrate the fact that she finally waking up. Oh, sister, finally waking up. Uh, the money probably running out, and she just looking for a new, you know, kind of stuff like that. It, you know, it is what it is. But I believe this is our opportunity. This is one great opportunity, not not for evangelism, not to get folk into the church. Uh, no, no, no. This is an opportunity for authentic Christians. To show that they are relational, to show that they are encouraging, to show that they are authentic, and to show that they are loving, to be real. I think this is one opportunity that we should not pass up. Um, and I do hope and pray that those who were affected by this, you know, the Ashley Madison, those pastors who were affected, and not just that website. Like I say, there are plenty other. Uh, websites that pastors are on, those pastors who struggle with pornography like me and others, who you know, those pastors who struggle with sexual identity issues, struggle with sexual uh, 
you know, sexual issues, you know, appetite, things of that nature. It, you know, that's part of your humanity. Those who, you know, try to get with every woman they see or every man that they see, we can pray. We should pray. But we should also have a space for them to be able to have an advocate, to have an accountability partner, you know, where they can share and, 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 and be empowered in the midst of what they're struggling with. I believe that's what's necessary. And um, it is what it is. Well, I've run out of time. I'm, I'm excited, you know. Uh, yeah, to see, that's my timer. <laughs> so, listen, we're going to come back next week as the Lord wills. And I hope that you have had a great week. You have a great week. And I know it's Labor Day coming up. And I hope that you have a wonderful Labor Day. And again, I want to invite those of you to take on the theme of uh, repentance and reconciliation to end racism on this coming Sunday, August, uh, I mean, September the 6th. Uh, 2015, join with the African Methodist Episcopal Church as we do so. And uh, we want to invite you to, again, if you missed that press conference, uh, tune in to C-SPAN. I'm sure you can catch it. Uh, justice for all. We want justice for all. We're going to stand and we're going to take leadership and see change happen in our country to make our country great. Make our country great again. I know we can do it. Uh, so we want you to do it. Okay? Uh, Till next week, I want you to keep it tuned in. Again, uh, check out our website. Uh, I mean, our Facebook page, Zero Network on Facebook. Visit my, you know, tweets, uh, Zero uh, uh, Radio on Twitter. And hit me up, Pastor Lorenzo Neal at uh, gmail.com to get your thoughts in, in and whatever it is. We'd love to hear from you. And so but thank you again. Uh, till next week or whenever we're back, this is Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I'm out. God bless you.